Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Misadventures. I am, of course, your host, Myra Lopez, and today what we're going to be discussing is something that has been on my to-talk-about list for a very long time. I'm so excited for today's episode because we are going to be talking about one of my favorite television shows, The Office. So if you guys already don't recognize the theme song that is playing behind me, it is, of course, the iconic Office theme song. I thought, what better way to start off a podcast about The Office and playing an uncopyrighted version of The Office theme song. So please don't sue me. I guarantee you I have no money. But I have seen The Office a lot. And the more and more I've watched it, the more and more I realize that I have a problem with one of the main characters. And that main character is Jim Halpert. So today in this podcast, we're going to be discussing on why I believe Jim Halpert is a jerk. So without further ado, let's get started. So The Office is an American television sitcom series that airs on NBC from 2005 to 2013, lasting nine seasons. It was an adaption of the original BBC series of the same name, and I'm going to be talking about the American version in this episode. The American version deals with a paper company called Dunder Mifflin that's located in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and it just shows the everyday lives of its employees to quote-unquote show how it's like in the American workplace. It was a rough start in season one, receiving mixed reviews, which I can see why. Um, anytime I recommend the show to other people who haven't seen it, I always give them a warning of, hey, it's kind of cringy season one, but it is worth it. i really love this show and it's a great show so I was like, it's a diamond in the rough, you know, but it truly it's a gem in the end. And it has so many great people in it like Steve Carell, Rain Wilson, John Krasinski, and Jenna Fisher that really make the show. Plus the directors and the writing do a really awesome job. And so much so that in its entire nine seasons, it received 42 primetime Emmy nominations with five wins. Wins included Outstanding Comedy Series in 2006, Outstanding Writing for a Comedy Series in 2007, and Outstanding Directing for a Comedy Series in 2009 for the episode Stress Relief. Now, the episode Stress Relief is one of my favorite episodes of all time. I really do love this episode. It is a the intro is really awesome and what it starts off with is one of its employees, Dwight Schrute, who's played by Rain Wilson. He starts a fire simulation in the office because he feels like no one paid attention to his presentation on fire safety. So he decides upon himself to start a fire simulation. And I'm going to play a couple clips from that intro in just a second. Just a heads up, you know, it is easier seen than heard to get the complete experience. But we can try our best to imagine if you haven't seen the show. Fire! Oh, fire! Oh, my goodness! What's the procedure? What do we do, people? Use a what to cover the mouth? A what? A rag. A damp rag, perhaps. 
Let's remember those procedures. What are the That's the wrong way. We've already tried that. Remember your exit points. Exit points, people. What's next? Stay alive. I'm getting help. Sharpen your decision making. Okay, I am not dying here. Come on. So those are a couple of clips from the intro of the episode. Um, and like I said, it was easier to see it than to actually hear it. You get more of experience that way. But it's such a perfect example of controlled chaos and that's probably a reason why I really love it because even though it's chaotic there's still focal points and you still get to see everyone's reaction while concentrating on one little action. So I believe that if you've ever seen a clip of The Office online on any of your social media sites it's either this one from the fire simulation or it is another funny clip from the same episode where Michael Scott, who's played by Steve Carell, is and so are the rest of his employees at a CPR training class thanks to Dwight's fire simulation. No, Rose, they are not breathing and they have no arms or legs. No, that's not part of it. Where are they? You know what? If we come across somebody with no arms or legs, do we bother resuscitating them? I mean, what kind of quality of life do we have there? I would want to live with no legs. How about no arms? No arms or legs is basically how you exist right now, Kevin. You don't do anything. All right, well, let's get back to it, because you're losing them. Okay, too fast. Everyone, we need to pump at a pace of 100 beats per minute. Okay, that's uh, hard to keep track. How many is that per hour? How's that going to help you? I will divide and then count to it. Right. Okay, well, a good trick is to pump to the tune of Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. Do you know that song? Yes, yes, I do. I love that song. <clears throat> First I was afraid, I was petrified. No, it's... Ah, 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 Staying Alive, okay. yes, Staying Alive. You were in the parking lot earlier. That's how I know you. Nobody called 911, so you lost him. 
So that clip is really important because even though you've never seen The Office, you, when you listen to that clip, you see what kind of dynamic they have in this workplace. You see that it's an eccentric workplace and it's not a normal, traditional American workplace. So now that you guys have heard the show The Office, you guys know a little backstory and what's it about. Now I think it's time for us to dive into the reasons why I believe Jim Halpert is actually a jerk. And we will get into that after a word from our sponsors. This episode of Misadventures is brought to you by Femme Fatale Jewelry. Femme Fatale is a women-owned business that helps to provide everyone with customizable jewelry at an affordable price. Their mission is simple, to empower women through the power of jewelry. Now, I personally don't wear a lot of jewelry, but when I worked with Femme Fatale when I needed earrings for an event, they were really open and they let me be creative and they asked me, what I was wearing it with and they gave me style tips on how to wear the earrings and they even gave me suggestions on other items I could wear and the whole process was really fun creative and interactive and I really appreciate how they were with me every step of the way so for a limited time only when you check out online make sure you type in the code misadventures for 25% off your purchase that's the code misadventures for 25% off So I will start off by saying I do not believe that Jim Halpert starts off as a horrible person. I believe that his horribleness grows over time. Um, And my first reason, reason number one, I believe that Jim Halpert is a horrible person, is he is very prone to temper tantrums when he does not get his way. Not actual like temper tantrums that you see like two-year-olds doing in the middle of Walmart. But he is a very go with the flow kind of go guy more especially go with my flow kind of guy so we first are introduced to Jim um, in season one as a paper salesman and he is in love with the receptionist Pam but unfortunately Pam cannot be pursued in a relationship because she is engaged to a warehouse worker named Roy so Jim ultimately decides not to pursue a relationship with her but he he is very open about his feelings towards her. Uh, to everyone else, it is very obvious that he has feelings for her. But everyone knows that she's also engaged. So when Jim finally does shoot his shot, he is not received well by Pam. Uh, because Pam, although she was having trouble with the engagement with Roy, she does not know how to react because she values Jim's friendship a lot. And now... He's saying that he would like a relationship with her, but she's also engaged. So it's kind of a mind-boggling experience for her. And then when Pam does not show the same feelings for Jim at first, he decides to take a position at the Stanford branch of Dunder Mifflin so he does not have to work with Pam, which is kind of like a, like, I don't want to work with you, so I'm quitting my job and leaving kind of way. Which isn't the proper way to work through things. But that's kind of like Jim's way to work through things. And so while at the Stanford branch, he meets Karen, who is played by Rashida Jones. And they form a relationship. So when the Stanford branch is absorbed into the Dunder Mifflin branch, Jim has to go back and face reality with 
Pam, and now Karen. And eventually Karen does find out that Jim had feelings for Pam because, you know, people in the office talk. And she just sees the way he talks to Pam and everything. So they ultimately decide to discontinue their relationship because Karen's like enough of it. And she just kind of is over Jim and she leaves to get a, to a position in New York, I believe. Which leads me to reason number two. Jim's impulsiveness. Jim is very impulsive. But the way it's portrayed is kind of seen as a romantic gesture. This is a, really shows when he buys a house without telling Pam. And not, it's not just any house. It's his childhood house. And that within itself is like crazy. Because how do you buy a house without telling your significant other? Because you want to surprise her that's not much of a like surprise it's more like kind of frightening because imagine driving and your significant other pulls up to a house and it's like hey we live here now oh and by the way I grew up here like you would think that's crazy especially if Pam had done that to Jim like if Pam was driving and she pulled up to her childhood house and told Jim hey I bought this for us it's signed this is our house now. We live here. Jim would be so confused because he'd probably look into the camera and be like, what? Because can you imagine? A house is not something that you can return easily. A house is not a shirt that you bought at Kmart. Like it is not something that you can just sign and then not pay or anything like a house is a house a house is like cement and walls and windows and it's 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 so much paperwork to buy a house I think I've never bought a house before but I would imagine it's so much like paperwork and meanings and if you want to pursue a relationship with someone who you think you're going to be with forever you should probably consult them on big purchases like this like, this is not something that you can hide from your significant other as a surprise. I would be like, what did you just do if my significant other was like, this is our house now? Like, what? And Pam just kind of accepts it because she's like, there's no turning back now. And there's kind of like no consequences for his actions here. And that impulsiveness leads me to reason number three uh, why I think Jim Halpert is actually a horrible person because of this athlete storyline now I believe that this athlete storyline was put in by writers to show that Jim and Pam's relationship is not this fairy book romance that it's not all butterflies and rainbows um, because I feel like it humanizes the relationship because it shows the struggles of couples going through this similar situations would go through and so the athlete storyline is about Jim going and starting the company with some friends from college over an idea that they had while in college of a sports public relations company that works closely with athletes and so one he does not tell Pam he accepted the position as athlete even after he told her he was not going to take it. Because when they first offered the position to him, 
to get into the ground floor, he says, no, I'll, I'll, you know, it's, I'll pass. And then, like, like five minutes before the episode ends, he gets a call and he's like, last chance, bro. And he's like, all right, man, I'll do it. Doesn't tell Bam. Pam eventually forgives him and like, okay, I guess we're doing this. You know, she kind of just deals with it. And then they gather up $10,000 for Jim to potentially invest in this company. He, it was for potential investments into this company, not an actual investment. Like they did not, they did not agree on to invest the whole $10,000. They thought, Maybe $10,000 is what they would ask for. So that's what they gathered between their savings and their money and stuff like that. So when Jim goes to this investors meeting, his friends tell him, hey, don't worry. We talked to them. We got you covered. You're good. You don't, you know, you don't need to do anything. You're good. He's like, no, I want to be a team player. So here's $10,000. What? They told you we got you covered? And you still want to give the whole $10,000? It's like, why not 5000 Like, you can still look like a team player and give $5,000. It is not. Like, there's not too much. Like, it's like, hey, I have some. Here's some. Sorry, I didn't give any before. So, you didn't have... He did not have to invest those whole $10,000. And yet, that leads with another problem. In this relationship thanks to the storyline and my last point here is that this whole storyline ends with the infamous phone call that leads Pam into tears and it's about Pam not recording Cece's their daughter's dance recital because she received a phone call for a mirror mural that she got the she is getting the chance to paint and Jim freaks out and he begins, they begin to argue on who is he actually doing this for? Like, he's doing it for himself. And Jim's like, you think I'm doing this for myself? I'm doing this for us. He's like, it doesn't feel like it. You're there half the time and you're not even here with us. And it's like, you're not doing this for us. And it's just like, it leads to this whole big debacle. And it's like, Jim knew that Pam does not know much about technology. Jim knew how Pam knows how to work her phone. Like, she know, she does not know how to work her phone. So he could have easily, you know, asked for another parent's recording or asked for the school's recording, and he didn't want that. And he proceeds to, like, break d- down Pam because she is so overwhelmed with the kids, with work, and him being there 75% of the time that he does not sympathize with her. He just really just thinks about himself in that whole situation. And he says he's doing this for his family. But it's really hard to see that when Pam is doing 95% of the work. Like raising the kids, going to work. And, you know, so so Jim can have the fun job. So Jim can pursue what he loves. Even though Jim's never... Even though Jim really never has supported Pam and what she actually wants to do. Um, Like, he didn't even ask about the mural and stuff like that. So, with that being said, uh, that concludes the end of this episode. But if you guys know 
about any other parts where you think Jim is being a horrible person, make sure you tweet them at me at Hey Myra or just tweet me your favorite moments from the show. You know, just tweet me what you think about Jim and do you think he's an actual horrible person or do you think that he's actually a nice guy? Let me know what you think at Hey Myra. That's Hey M A I R A. And I'll see you guys next week for the new podcast. <laughs>